Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. DJ, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. That was a rough one yesterday. But you got your first touchdown with the Bears. I'm sure you were hoping that would come earlier. I'm sure you've been hoping that you'd be used more. But as bad as that game was, at least you caught a touchdown pass. Does that uh, does that is that kind of a little bit of a of a smile amidst the kind of weeping of uh, of everyone watching that game? Uh, yeah. A little bit, you know, uh, I had to drop, so I had to make up for it with a touchdown uh, thanks to Justin. So that was a big, that was a big thing uh, yesterday. As accomplished as you are, what effect does that have on you when you drop a pass like that? You did come back, you did score a touchdown, but wh- how quickly does it take you to regroup and regather and get back in, into that mindset? Uh, it, do- it doesn't take a while because we got a the Denver coming in, so. After we watch me uh, watch the film today, you know, and get the corrections, it's going to be uh, on the Denver after today. Uh, DJ, you made a you made a huge move, a great teammate move when you helped uh, protect Justin Fields. Maybe even from himself, he looked like he got hit pretty hard and he went down and he was wobbly going back to the huddle. And you jumped in and directed him right to the sidelines and made sure that uh, that he didn't try to play when he was a little bit wobbly. What what did you see, and, and why did you jump in at that moment? Uh, I just seen him looking down at the ground. Uh, I was looking at the sideline, like, are, are we calling a play, or is he trying to hear it? But then I seen uh, the field goal team coming out, so I was just pulling them off at the same time. What was the protocol in those situations, like in terms of like if you see somebody who's struggling but they want to stay in the game, what what are you instructed to do, and, and how much do do you as a veteran look out for those kind of things and protect players from themselves in in some cases? 
uh, a lot, you know. Uh, even my, even myself, I feel like uh, if I see somebody that that's like out of it or after a big hit or slow to get up or just just like wobbly, I'm gonna just look to the sideline and tell them to get off. And then in that instance, it was like it was kind of in the middle because I didn't know if he was trying to get a play call, so I was looking to the sideline too. And then I seen the field goal team coming on and they just pulled them off. This has to be frustrating uh, for you. I'm sure when you came here, you had a different vision of how things were going to go, and you guys are uh, are three games down. Uh, you know, we talked about all the distractions that happened during the week, and obviously not every day that the defensive coordinator uh, uh, resigns from his position, not every day uh, that the quarterback – and I, and I I know he clarified that he wasn't trying he wasn't talking about Luke Getze, but he did use the term coaching and everybody got worked up about it and it's not every day that your left tackle goes down a guy that had played every down for a year and and whatever two games um and I think you cut the quarterback that day too although you brought him back well, I mean what was that like to go through that kind of week what was the mood in the locker room, how do how do you handle when things get just kind of bizarre? Uh, shoot, it's it's tough to look past, but you got to move past it. We get we all get paid to play a game and go out there and perform. So uh, with the line situation, it's the next man up mentality, and then uh, everything else, you just got to block it out, block out the noise, and focus on what what you can control. At the end of the day, like uh going out there and being able to just be available for for the game. You've been around a long time, so maybe it's easier for you to do that than maybe some other players who are younger. The Bears, very young roster you have, a lot of young teammates. And we have we talked to Dave Wanstead every week, and he said last week, veteran coach, he said a distracted team is a defeated team. And I wonder, in retrospect, looking back at yesterday, was this a distracted team that came into Kansas City? Did all the events that – transpired last week affect the focus of this football team? I don't, I wouldn't say that it was a uh, distracted team. I don't, I can't tell you if we like really executed the best that we can uh, on both sides of the ball, but some things got to get changed and they got to get changed fast. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the coach was saying in the post game. We were talking about it. His message was about sticking together and not letting the outside noise influence anything. And I guess that's an important message, but seemed like it was intended more for the team than for the public, right? I mean, when you tell people, well, you got to stay focused and not let the outside noise bother you, that, that's a message to the team, and I'm sure that's the one he delivered in the postgame. Uh, yeah, you know, we got to stick together. You know, you can't drift apart in the locker room uh because then things would get way worse than what they are. And uh, and we at that point where it's going to either start to take a, a turn in the first, you know, the first five games can be uh, make or break, but you could also turn it around in the first in the first five, as in, like, we still, like, these next two games are going to be big. DJ, we've talked to you about what defense have, have done to kind of account for you being the biggest threat and the number one wide receiver for the Bears in the first three games, we've also seen defenses adjust and adapt to Justin Fields and his running threat and ability, whether it's a spy, whether it's where they, they rush and, and protect and set the edge. How would you describe the way defenses have tried to take away that aspect 
of Justin Fields' game and and what the Bears may be able to do to counter that? Uh, they have somebody spying him uh, in the middle of the field, you know, so he doesn't like uh, athletic uh, uh, safety, like more athletic or safety that uh, spy him around the field and uh, they have doubled me on the outside. So it's, it's kind of tricky to really under, to really understand if you're not out there and like how to really attack it. But we get that quite a bit. Like they did it quite a bit this past game. Um, when he talks about playing freer and and just going out and doing the things he can do, is it how difficult is it to change things a little bit? I mean, it seems like they really want him to be a quarterback in the pocket and and make those throws, and he seems to prefer moving a little bit. When you guys were were working out in the summer and all that stuff, were you were you? concentrating on him just be just being a pocket passer or were you working on him kind of shutting down half the field as he runs to one side or the other and obviously he's a tremendous athlete mm-hmm. uh, we, we worked on everything you know uh whatever he uh wanted to like we was all learning the playbook well i was new to the playbook uh they had it kind of down pack and uh going into the off season so i was just uh learning from them and just trying to catch up as fast as possible. But uh, everything was just uh, from the pocket, and you had rollouts, so we did a little bo- little bit of both. You can hear the frustration in his voice, and I think it's after two games this year, and you've only played three, that you hear Justin Fields say how, pr- uh, how privileged he feels to just be playing in the NFL, and he's putting things in perspective in a way that, you know, he's 24, and he's a third-year quarterback, and, and you, you want him to be having more fun, and you want him – to be experiencing different things and have a little success. Sounds like somebody who might be challenged with his confidence right now. How concerned are you or how would you describe where his confidence level is and maybe what you can help do in trying to build it back up? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I don't think he's uh, losing any confidence. You just got to – once you know, everybody's chasing that first win. Once you get the first win, shoot, they start rolling in. Uh, once you lose, start losing, they start piling on, and that could be uh, a downer. But once you get that first win, everybody's confidence goes through the roof. So I don't want to say losing confidence, but the confidence in just getting that first win is, is a major key. DJ, you guys were down in Tampa – and, I, you know, it seems like everybody's mic'd up these days, but apparently Devin White was mic'd up, and you, you were coming out to the line, and he came up to you and said, hey, they're using you the wrong way. You should be doing the where's the gimmick gadget stuff. And you said something like, tell me about it, which is a funny exchange between a couple guys that played against each other before. But were you surprised when you found out that everybody had seen that? Did you know he was mic'd up? Uh, I didn't know he was mic'd up. And, uh, like, to put it in this perspective, I was just thinking, like, he, well, I didn't hear the ending part. So when he was, like, gadget guy, I was like, tell me about it. Because they used to me doing a whole bunch of stuff, uh, like, 
handoffs, uh, end arounds, reverses, stuff like that. So I was just like, tell me about it. But when I heard the rest of the part, because Trent was talking to me too, so I was like, oh, oh man, it's going. It could either get ugly or it, it, it just wasn't good. So you weren't saying, tell me about it in the way that he was talking about not using you correctly. You were saying you were you were referring to the gadget part of that. Yeah, I was referring to the gadget part, not not the using me right. Did you have to deal with some fallout last week from after that that clip uh, went viral? Uh, no, because I really just block out the noise. I wasn't too concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, it was just pretty funny because, yeah. and again, I, I mean, that's a violation of your privacy. Shouldn't he have to tell you that he's mic'd up just in case, right? I mean, I'd just love to know if someone's mic'd up before I start talking. Uh, yeah, but it's okay. It, it wasn't too detrimental, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to hold it against him. Everybody's <laughs> mic'd up these days. You just have to assume it's a live mic when you're on the field. Have you been mic'd up for games? Is that, uh, is it on you? Do you have to watch what you say now? Uh yeah, uh, <laughs> not really, not. Nah, eh, it's a, it's you know, it's fifty fifty. Uh, I I've been mic'd up once, and I probably and I'll never do it again. I said that after I was mic'd up. Yeah, uh, you know Patrick Manley, who's one of the uh, a great longtime bear, sixteen years as a bear. He was a long snapper, and he said that he was mic'd up, and he came out at halftime, and they had moved the net or whatever his routine was. And he just cussed up a storm, and he, of course, he's on—he's like on the on the uh, the the microphone saying all this stuff. And they were—they just—you know—they didn't run it or anything, but they said to him, "You got to hear what you sound like. You won't believe it." And I think that's the problem when you're playing a sport, right? Your your mind is racing, and you're, you can forget that you're on a microphone. Is that what happened to you? Uh. Yeah, uh, you forget because it's it's really not that like heavy like the mic. You know you're mic'd up, but sometimes you forget uh, while you're in the game. So post game, Matt Eberflus talked about blocking out the noise. He talked about not letting uh, the what is ahead this week and the negativity perhaps affect players, affect the team. It sounded like he was talking to players. It sounded like he was sending a message to the locker room, maybe through the media. Is that the message he's sending internally? What is the key to this week blocking out that noise as things in a football city when the Bears start 0-3 can get pretty loud? Yeah, it can. It, I already see it gets pretty loud. But uh, we got to just, like I said, we just got to find a way to get that first win, and then it'll all turn around. Because uh, wins start stack, stacking on just like losses do. So, Winning is contagious, and losing is just a burden and that don't nobody want to carry. You know, it's interesting, I think, because you guys, uh, you know, opened the season. There was a lot of kind of um, kind of good thoughts, a lot of happy ideas, and a lot of thinking that having the number one receiver was going to be the biggest difference with this team. And, you know, in the first game we talked about it, they didn't get you the ball very much. They got you the ball a little bit uh, in the second game. And um, – and clearly, you know, you scored your first touchdown in this game. But you, the usage level, I, I, is your is your offense still figuring out what it's doing? Is that why your usage hasn't been as high? And, and do you have those kind of gimmick and gadget plays in the playbook that they just haven't come out yet? Uh, you know, we got to – we really – we got to find – the straight identity uh, 
all around. You know, once we get that and hone in on those, we're going to be off to the races and and more games than not, we're probably going to win. So once that gets down packed, because everybody here is fairly new and real young, so once we get that going, it's the wind's going to just roll in. How Not much, saying it's that easy, but it's, it's, it's going to happen. How much will it help this week prepare or maybe mentally stay in a good frame of mind that you're playing a defense that just gave up 70 points and 726 yards? <laughs> Say, wait, say that again? How much will it help you prepare for this week or stay positive knowing you're going to face a defense that just gave up 70 points and 726 yards? Uh, uh, I mean, shoot, we just got to go out there and attack their weaknesses. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were displayed uh, through that performance and uh, in the games beforehand. So we just got to watch the film. Uh, I know I'm going to start watching film tonight and then – from there so that's how you do it you start watching film tonight you start breaking down uh the next opponent and start figuring out what um who you're facing and what their uh kind of movements are etc yeah so tonight i get a jump start on on the broncos and then tomorrow i do more recovery and still watching film all the way through thursday and then friday just got to look back on everything that uh uh, roll down and just uh, get ready for Saturday and Sunday. Physically, are you pretty good? You pre- after three games, yeah. you feel pretty pretty solid. Oh yes, I feel pretty solid. What do you do to to get yourself ready for a game? What what is your process on a on a Tuesday, which obviously is a day off? Uh, shoot. I just go go to the tubs. Uh, get treatment uh, by the trainers and then go home and relax with the kids and my fiance and just, just relax until, until workday Wednesday. How aware were you yesterday that Taylor Swift was in the building? Or your did you your kids are too young. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, did, I really didn't know until I got home and, and seen it on, seen her on TV uh, with Travis Kelsey and, and, and his mom in the, in her, in his, uh, what they call it? Uh, Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Bill Belichick, of all people, was asked about it this morning, and he said that Travis Kelsey has had a lot of big catches, but that might be the biggest one, which I just can't believe Belichick was joking about that. That guy must be in a good mood for a change. Uh, yeah. The, some of the stuff that him and Patrick Mahomes do on the same page is, is kind of crazy just to see in person, too. Yeah, they that that touchdown apparently the one he threw to him it was just uh, it was kind of a made Improv. up route. Yeah, yeah. like you run around yeah. the Volkswagen and I'll throw the ball up. You know, it was it was almost like street or grass football, grass basketball. It was weird. Yeah, it was it was it was weird to see, but I mean that's the connection they have, and they've been doing it for a while, so I, I get it. Have you ever had that kind of rapport or chemistry with another quarterback? Uh, <laughs> um, not, not, not to that magnitude, but, uh, uh, who can I, probably all of them, but it'll be game to game and we just got to study up on what coverage they're going to do. Great stuff. Really appreciate your time, DJ. Keep a positive attitude. We'll, uh, we'll be watching. Thanks DJ. Thank you.
That is DJ Moore, the Bears wide receiver, caught his first touchdown pass as a Bear in that uh, difficult um, loss. Uh, I mean, listen, there are very few highlights with this team, so if you get one, you got to enjoy it. They need it. a victory, and they want to get one, and then he thinks that they'll be able to stack another. And with their schedule, I guess that's the way, if you're a player, you have to look at it because you just need to start with one. 